0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend James of bulkconjur.com in North Carolina, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we welcome a special guest, Deborah Voice of bewitchingbee.com in Wisconsin, bringing us today's topic on... Working with Healing Spirits. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjurer, root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual voodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Miss Cat.
2: <laughs> We're here. <laughs>
3: um,
2: this has been we made uh, it. Uh, quite a bit. We made it quite a busy day for Nagashiva, running back and forth, going, "I'm late. I'm late for a very important date." <laughs> and checking my clock. <laughs> He's checking his clock and, and um, running around. But we are here, and um, we're happy that we have folks in the chat. Um, people are starting to show up. Come on in. And um, I'm over on Facebook reminding people that it's time for them to come here and join us. If you know anybody who um, watches this show Uh, excuse me, listens to this show, what was I thinking? Um, I watch it from behind closed eyelids myself. Um, Anyone who (laughs) listens to this show, um, tell them, you know, they can come in when we're live and they can be part of the chat. I don't think a lot of people know that. We get so many listeners who come in, uh, you know, months, weeks, years later. And it's kind of cool. We do have all the shows archived. But we always feel pretty cool when we have a nice little group in the live chat. I mean, no, you know, you we're no TikTok stars or Instagram influencers or, you know, YouTube golden play people, but we do have a nice <laughs> group of people who show up in the chat. And I just want to give a thank you to all of them, people I recognize, um, Tony I, uh, Reverend Art, um, Dr. Sweets, um, Angela L., uh, Hey, Maganda, Wickway is up. And then the other one, the person I can never say correctly, Tioga, maybe, or Tioga, or Dom, Dom Christ. Christ. It's Dom <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but anyway, there's uh, – there's oh, and Phyllis Margaret Gabor. So there's a bunch of right. folks in the – um, uh, and and Phyllis has a little note here in the chat – um, I was nervous to join the live chat at first, LOL, but I'm so glad I did. I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary. Well, thank you, Phyllis. That's so cool. Um, because what happens with the live chat is that people who um, contribute ideas, I'm kind of the one in charge, and I sometimes will bust in when someone's talking, and say, "Wait a minute before it scrolls past. We've got something here in the live chat." There is no moderator here. It's just me, and. Um, and I'll say, you know, this person's asking about that, or you know, uh, have this to add, and so we can then have a little bit of a dialogue between the the chat room folks and the presenters and our special guests. So, just a shout out to the live chat, and uh, people are saying hello, friends. As Wicway is up, and um, and Angela L says hello. And Reverend James says, we're glad to have you. We sure are. And the yeah. person whose name cannot be pronounced sends a thumbs up and a smiley face. <laughs> okay. Um, it's just so fun. And, uh, and Tony and I said hello. So that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. We're all here. But we would love to have more people in the chat. It's always um, helps us with our topics because we sort of see what, you know, What does the peanut gallery have to say about this? And most of the people in the chat actually are above the level of peanut gallery. Um, They are uh, professional root workers and readers who come here just to spend some time hanging out with us and learning a little bit, sharing. A lot of sharing goes on in the chat. So that's just my thing. If you're listening to this in the archives, why don't you come in live sometime and join the chat? It's really easy. All you have to do is get a Blog Talk Radio account. That's free, and um, use a name that can be pronounced. And then um, you just um, you're there, and you can just start posting. If the name you use is similar to the name that you might use um, at the Lucky Mojo forum or in Facebook or on Instagram, that'll help us kind of know who you are. And I'm a great proponent of people keeping the same name across all social media platforms because it helps your fame. You know, people don't have to remember so many names. So anyway, that's an invitation to anyone listening in later months to please join us in the chat. Okay, well, let's see. Um, I do have an announcement to make, and the announcement is that we have a winner. In fact, we have three winners for Facebook Fridays. So Ooh. this was for Facebook Fridays for February sixteenth, 2024. Lucky Mojo always gives away free magical products, and this time it's books. And they have each one one of Gregory White author specials. So this is a copy of The Stranger in the Cup, How to Read Your Luck and Fate in the Tea Leaves by Gregory Lee White and Catherine Ironwood, and How to Use Amulets, Charms, and Talismans in the Hoodoo and Conjure Tradition by Catherine Ironwood and Gregory Lee White. So these are available as specials from Lucky Mojo. In other words, you could get them at a discounted price if you buy the special. But here we have three winners who have won these specials for free. And they are, drumroll, Melanie McLaurin, Christian Kaniewski, and Kathleen Marshall. So congratulations, all of you. And um, if you are one of our three winners, just respond to the message that you will receive from the Lucky Mojo Facebook page and send us your mailing address so we can ship you the books if anyone contacts you who's a fake and says they want your credit card number report them to facebook and send them to the outer reaches of the coldest darkest hell reserved for scammers all right oh and there's aya asha aya 13 just showing up (laughs) Hi. Oh, look, we are up to 15 people in the chat and I don't even know all their names right now and I don't have time to scroll, Um, but um, such is life. Oh, Balkan Diviner just showed up. Oh, I do know their names. And Brother Blue. Okay, some more folks have shown up. Welcome to the chat. All right, well, things here at Lucky Mojo have been highly interesting. I'm readying another patron page on well, it started as an offshoot from the Dragon Money extravaganza, which has been running for weeks now. But this one is um, a page on lucky coins and tokens from a numismatic and exonumismatic standpoint. And if you don't know what exonumia is, well, you can read the page and find out. And this page will is Supported by my patrons, who I thank you all, everyone, but it's not going to hold back for a year. It's also going to go live on the day it's released because it's a category page at your weight and fate from which the Dragon Money page is a dependent and... um, Oh, if you all run wikis or encyclopedias, you understand that you have categories and then you have pages. And so it's kind of weird. You can't hold a category back and make the pages first because then you can't find the other pages. you got to make the category first. So thank you, my patrons, for your indulgence. It's going live on the 21st. And this will be a look at everything that we think of as... Coins, bullion, and exonumia with pictures. We have everything from, of course, dragon coins, silver dimes, Indian head pennies. It's all going to be there. The lucky ones, the fun ones. We even have a, a vintage to it, a real vintage to it from 1972. <laughs> and if you don't know what a to it is, um, they're a little a little token, and they come in, in several shapes, but the round ones are particularly special. And this one happens to be around to it, made of brass. So there's going to be a lot here on collecting amulets, talismans, coin charms, and, um, and a little bit of, you know, numismatic uh, technology and terminology and, and uh, thought goes into the page. So that's what I've been working on all week, having a lot of fun with my darling Nagashiva, who's really into all of that stuff too. And, um, you know, you read this page and you'll know your obverse from your reverse for the rest of your life. (laughs) So (laughs) that's it for me. How about things in your world, Conjurman?
4: Things are are going quite well. I hope that everyone had a fantastic week and a really good Uh, Valentine's Day uh, after a really robust discussion about how to find true love. I think I mentioned that I've been doing quite a bit of love work the past several weeks. uh,
2: Uh Uh-oh. I'm Uh not hearing anybody. I think um, Conjurman Ali and I hope not the entire uh, nation of Southern California has dropped off the line um, we'll see. it's rainy Hello? cats and dogs. Oh, there Barry's is. back. There you are. <laughs> there, you okay.
4: That is yeah, very he's... weird. I could hear you perfectly fine, but for some reason I couldn't hear the right. You couldn't hear me.
2: That's right. That's right. It's very strange.
4: So I, you can, you can, okay, good. So I, as I was saying, uh, it was a, I had a client who had not had a date for a long time. They hadn't had a Valentine's Day in actual literal years. And so we had done some magical work in the lead up to Valentine's Day. And they, they did get asked out on Valentine's Day. It was their first date. And I think it was three years, two or three years. So it was, it was pretty significant. Uh, and I just got word on Friday that it went very, very well with a second date set up after Valentine's Day. So I'm in a very good mood hearing some happy, happy news from clients right now. Good. Well,
2: that's a brief report. Are are you all having rain down there right now?
4: We're not, but we are slated to have it very soon. And I'm I'm sitting here going, oh, God, after the last rainstorm.
2: (laughs) How much more can we um, take? It's pouring here. We will send oh, no. it your Which way means, just as soon yeah. as we're done with it. <laughs> when it pours up there the next couple of days,
4: it makes its way down here. So we'll see yeah. this by yeah. tomorrow or Tuesday.
2: Yeah, it's really it's really interesting talking to people in California because we're like there's one long continuum, but you know it takes the weather it takes a little while you know to get down there but it'll get there and it'll drench y'all because it's drenching us. They're saying now that Uh, um, we're going we are having more rain than uh, all of last year. I mean it's just it's crazy. So anyway, we're we're doing good. Um, All right, well let's bring in our guest. Deborah Voice of The Witching Bee. Hello, Deborah.
5: Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me.
4: Welcome,
2: welcome. Uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> um, we are so glad to have you. Let's start off with the usual. What have you been doing lately?
5: <laughs> I don't know what the planets are doing lately, uh, but it seemed like this past week has been really, really chaotic. Um, I had... Um, it just seemed like everything converged all at once. Like I was... um,
4: It's a huge (laughs) pileup in Aquarius right now.
5: Ah, oh, okay, okay. That makes some sense. Because most of this week I was, you know, I spent making um, candles and oils that I sell through our local um, metaphysical shop, uh, all through State of Mind, and um, also doing client work, um, no love work, actually, which is unusual, but mostly readings and um, a bit of healing and spiritual cleansing and some uh, court case and prosperity work, but it was like everybody or almost everybody that I spoke with was like very urgent, like everything was urgent, you know, and so, and I was also kind of feeling that way because on top of that, then I had like grandkids staying with me for the week and I had to take the dog to the vet and just other extra little... Any extra little thing you can think of just seemed to kind of pile down in the, in the past week. Um, and so um, so I was kind of glad that it seemed like um, yesterday um, things, you know, kind of settled down enough for me to go, ah, and um, I was very much looking forward to being on the show today. <laughs>
2: Well, we're we're glad to have you. I've been noticing also that um this Valentine's Day, I mean, I didn't have all of the love clients that I usually do. I had someone contemplating divorce on Valentine's Day. Oh. You know. Um which was oh, wow. unusual. Yeah. But um I think maybe her husband didn't provide the appropriate chocolates and flowers. <laughs> I don't know it was, seemed to be a, a failure on
5: spot for him
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah right but um <laughs> yeah there's been a there's been a lot of um uh people asking about their jobs and things again, also, I did want to mention one more thing before we get in our topic that I've been working on this dream book project and I'm not just here to, to uh, toot my own horn about my dream book project, my bibliography of dream books, but the weirdest thing just happened. And this is really, remember, uh, Conjurman just said, big pile up in Aquarius. My moon is in Aquarius, mm-hmm. and it's just like being, you know, whatever. And um, oh, yeah. today, today um, the moon was in Gemini passing over my uh, rising Point my ascendant point, and it's just been very weird synchronistically. So today, just a story, got to tell it. Hope I don't bore you. I did a dream book called um, Alibaba's Mystic Dream Book. It's got a great cover, sort of crazy Art Nouveau covers by Regan Publishing Company in Chicago, which had a lot of these p- things in paper wraps that were really cool art. They had a really good artist who did sort of a wood blocky kind of Uh, pen and ink, heavy pen and ink, beautiful covers. So I'm cataloging the book, right? And I'm going through the book. And one thing you do when you catalog a book that has no publication date, which this did not, is you look for internal um, markers, like is the type font, the paper, is it of the 20th or 19th century? This was 20th century. But it's a dream book. So does it mention things that would be found Only in Europe. Yes, it does. It mentions chambermaids and milkmaids and gibbets instead of um, gallows and so forth. So you go, okay, this is from an English book. It's been copied. But then does it mention things that are 19th century or 20th century? It mentions horses and carriages and stagecoaches. Unlike some of these books that carried on into the 40s, mentions of dreaming of a slave, which is really creepy considering that slavery ended in 1863, but they're just reprinting this text over and over and over again. This one had no slaves, thank God, but it had uh, no automobiles, it had no cinema, it had nothing, so it seemed you know, like it was an early book. So then you're left with the pages and pages of advertisements for other books in the back of the book. So I found the strangest thing: that There was a whole listing of all the books of Upton Sinclair, who was like this super radical socialist guy who ran for governor of California. Probably Conjurman knows who I'm talking about, right? He wrote mm-hmm. The Jungle. He wrote King Cole. He wrote these muck yep. Uh, books about um, the meatpacking plant. <laughs> yes. And this company has its <laughs> oldest thing, those books. Well, those books I can date, so I know now you know, mm-hmm. when this book was... Done. But there's also another set of books on another page. They're only books about California. And one of them is the biography of Joaquin Murrieta. And he was an outlaw in California, and his biography, which was fictionalized, was written by a Cherokee man and is considered to be the first novel or perhaps the first biography written, either one it's the first, by a Cherokee in English in 1854. And I'm like, what is this doing here? But it was translated into Spanish. The guy who wrote it, um, who went under the name of Yellowbird, um, that was his Cherokee name, but he had a a, a John Rolland, something or other was his was his American name. He was the first editor of the San Francisco oh, excuse me, of the Sacramento Bee newspaper and died in eighteen sixty seven. So I'm like, What is this book doing here? And then it says translated from Spanish and I'm like, This book wasn't written in Spanish. So down the rabbit hole, and I found out that the book actually was translated into Spanish, but it had fallen out of print. Somebody retranslated it in English and published it, and I'm like, okay, this is obscure as hell. It just had a limited edition of 1,000 copies on handmade paper, and I'm like, I'll never find that. The very next book on the page is a California cookbook, and I went, oh, shit, I know that book. My mother cataloged that book in her book, California in the Kitchen. And that's the book that taught me how to be a bibliographer and how to catalog books. I worked with her at the age of 12 and 13 years old. We worked on it for several years. And that book, um, a California cookbook, is weird on many accounts. It's all these society matrons, but it has a whole section called Favorite Kosher Recipes that these Jewish society matrons contributed and my mother told me that we were related to them. And, of course, I found out later we were related to them. And I'm going, what the hell am I doing here? That was in 1960. That book came out in 1918. And here it's 2024, and I'm still cataloging books. And I just had to share that because that mm. was so freakish. So my mother's catalog of cook, of early California cookbooks became famous. It's quoted all the time. Wow. <laughs> and this book, a California cookbook, is like Glozer number 347 or something. I mean, she numbered them, right? And wow. there's only 18 copies known. And I'm like, here, I'm looking at this dream. I'm cataloging dream books. And I realized how much like my mother I've become. And all of this is happening as the moon is gloriously passing through Gemini. And I have Gemini rising. And guess what? My mother was a Gemini. um, Oh, wow. With. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was a Gemini. And so this is like just a weird callback. I just had to mention this. You know. Uh, sometimes my um what do i say my presentation persona and my real personality don't quite line up today was one of those gosh you know i was 13 years old i was cataloging i learned how to catalog here's this book oh my god <laughs> anyway so crazy huh well, yeah. that
4: All is right. really a lot wow. of
2: synchronicity today <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just the whole thing. I mean, I don't know books. But I'm a bibliophile. Okay. So anyway, if you go to if you go to Facebook or um, later on today at some point on Instagram, you'll see Alibaba's uh, Mystic Dream Book. Um, you'll see the cover. These are all eventually going to be online, by the way. I mean, on a on a web page. Yeah, uh, Hey, Maganda said, it's a gorgeous <laughs> cover. Oh, yeah, every one of Regan's handbook series has a beautiful cover like that. They're all gorgeous. Don't know the artist yet. I'll find out. I won't give up. All right, now we have a topic, healing spirits. Well, I guess that was a librarian spirit, not so much a healing uh-huh. spirit. <laughs> but that was the spirit of my mother, the librarian, kind of waving from 1960. Remember the fly shackers. Oh. Remember Steinhardt Aquarium. We're related to them. Just so strange, huh? Okay. Well, so, Deborah, let's talk about healing spirits. You take it away and you oh, yeah. you have the floor.
5: Oh, okay. Um, well, there there are so, so many healing spirits and um I guess I would um I'm going to speak to, like, my favorite spirits to work with for healing, which um, at the top of the list I think is Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez. Um, mm-hmm. I also really like to work with St. Um And she's for, you know, um, mental health and emotional stress. Um, Matt Talbot for alcohol and drug addiction. St. Jude, who is renowned for, you know, um, the impossible cases, um, and the Archangel Raphael and the other archangels. I really, those are my favorites, but the one that I really wanted to talk about just starting out is, um, Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez, just narrows is his full name, and, you know, a lot of people just, um, call him Dr. Jose Gregorio, and he was a physician, um, from Venezuela. Um, and he uh, lived and practiced and ended up um, passing away in Caracas. Um, and he um, um, used to do a lot of um, treatment for the poor um, and even brought them medicines with his own money. Um, and with the arrival of, like, the Spanish flu in Venezuela, she um, attended the contagious people. And um, then he died in 1919 after being struck by a motorist. Um, and his remains are housed in um, the La Adelaria Catholic Church in Caracas, Venezuela. I started to become um, more interested in him when my... Um, a family member my uh, my son's wife Tabitha uh, is from Caracas and um, her family is uh, very much um, aligned with Dr. Jose Gregorio and so um, he has a couple of different experiences where um, a, a good friend of uh, Tabitha her son um, her little boy got cancer and we did like a whole um uh group. Um Tabitha did that where they um had everybody sending prayers to Doctor Jose Gregorio. Um with um with really good um good results. Anyway, can I just jump Anyway
2: Oh, Can I sure, just jump sure. in about something about him? His specialty yeah. was he was a diagnostician. He was a general practitioner and he specialized in two things diagnosis particularly of bacterial diseases and he also believed in getting um medicines to the poor. Carry on. I just wanted to say that he yeah, was a real yeah, doctor. No, He's this, not the yeah, this yes. is not some woo woo <laughs> spirit. Okay. Go
5: ahead. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah, and um Thank you for saying that. I think that, actually, I kind of got goosebumps. I mean, he really, um, I believe, and I have a little story to go with it, I believe he remains very, very busy on the other side, uh, granting miraculous healings. And uh, after talking to Tabitha and her mother uh, and her sister, um, they had an experience that we were talking, and we suspect that he sometimes works along the lines of acting as a psychopomp. Um, meaning a spirit who guides the dead to the other side. So Mm -hmm. uh, Tabitha told me a story that occurred some years back when her sister got married. And this was back in Venezuela. And after um, Tabitha's father had passed away, her mother first noticed upon replaying a videotape that was recorded of her sister just before her, her wedding. And there was a painting behind her sister And this painting was named after one of her father's favorite songs, which was um, Alfonsina El Mar, or Alfonsina and the Sea, which was positioned right behind her sister as she was being filmed. So then it was later, upon replaying this tape and looking at the painting that was behind the sister, that they saw the face of Dr. Jose Rucorio
3: Hernandez
5: and the family instantly felt that this was the image of Dr. Hernandez coming through to let them know that their father was okay on the other side. Wow. Yeah. And this ended up being a very, very healing experience for the family as they grieved their loss. And and now that was years ago, but upon talking with Tabitha just recently, she was able to contact her sister who lives in England (laughs) And send um, this film clip to her, and I, I looked at it, and I was able. I clearly saw the face of Doctor Jose Gregorio in, with reflected in the painting, and it, it wasn't. You know, there was nobody else. There wasn't a, a man with a hat um, standing in front of her sister, so there wasn't anybody there who, who it would have been reflecting. It was. It was. It was pretty uh, overwhelming just seeing that, and I felt like. Might sometimes work as a psychopomp, um, or will show up to uh, help heal a grieving family. And um, I, I've got. Can I just
2: jump in with a couple of other things about him um, that are yeah. so fascinating to me? Um, I first saw him as a little statue sold by the Archie McPhee catalog in Seattle, which specialized in getting older, new, old stock, vintage, weird stuff, and selling it. When they ran out of new, old stock stuff, they started making uh, replicas. But at the time, they had found a bunch of, of little plastic, like a uh, car statues, and they didn't know who he was. I actually contacted them. I was very confused. They called him Senor Mysterioso because they didn't know who it was. Oh. And oh. it was him. <laughs> and so, But I knew it was him. The reason I know it was him was because my daughter had volunteered and when she was a medical student to go into Central and South America delivering out of, um, how can I put them, they were still usable analog medical uh, diagnostic machines of various sorts, which were being replaced with digital machines in the U.S., but they still worked and they many of them didn't need electricity. You know, like a... Like a blood pressure cuff and things like that. And so she and and some of her friends, but she really organized this, went down into all of these countries bringing backpacks full of um, you know, autoscopes or thermometers or whatever it was that was analog and was being replaced. And she had found all of this um, literature on Dr. Hernandez, and she had no idea what it was, but she brought it back to me. So I had researched, and when I saw that Archie McPhee was selling these, I contacted them and said, Wait, What are you doing? This is a real guy. And they were like, Oh, we, we had no idea. We just called him Senor Misterioso because we found a carton of these somewhere. Right? <laughs> I was like, Okay. <laughs> so... but but that meant that his image it was sort of this weird coincidences like happens with saint expediti all of a sudden there's like 10,000 of his statues scattered across america and people looking at them and going oh yeah it's something weird right but now he's everywhere right? wow. so yes. i began to try to popularize him so people would realize when they if they had one of these statues that they would go oh that's him so a guy came into my shop, and he looked exactly like Doctor Hernandez. There are known photos of him. <laughs> and this guy looked just like him, and his name mm-hmm. was <laughs> Jose Hernandez. Oh, and wow. and I I said, um, you, Have you ever heard of Doctor Jose Gregorio Hernandez? And I and he goes, No. I said, Let me show you his picture. And he he said, Well, that <laughs> looks just like that looks just like my uncle. And I said, No. It, You're getting older. You look like your uncle now. I said, where's your family from? And he goes, Venezuela. And I'm like, what? (laughs) So I felt (laughs) especially, I gave him bottles of you. I said, take this to all your family members. They'll tell you all about it. But I felt especially touched by this guy. He has done several miracles around me and my clients. Um, There is nobody quite like him. And I always say, petition him for an accurate diagnosis and an effective treatment plan, because he's not just a, a woo-woo healer. This guy did surgery. He, you know, he used, um, you know, various medicines of the time to help people, and um, so yeah. And yeah. I believe also <laughs> that he's watching from the other side and is very interested in modern medicine and that he takes an mm-hmm. interest in the development of... My, you You could just feel him. He's like, oh, this is exciting. He's the first person who had a <laughs> microscope in Venezuela. He had a medical college where he oh, taught wow. people. Yeah. Oh, so wow. um, he, this guy was no joke, And um, but he is an extremely active spirit. I mean, this isn't like calling mm-hmm. upon... I mean, Archangel yep, Rafael, yep. yeah, he's there. But like Dr. Jose <laughs> Gregory Hernandez is like, yeah, I'm right here. He's right yeah. there.
4: Yep. we call these right. performer spirits or performer saints the ones that are very, very active and constant they're so like they're interested in developments in the world, they're interested in getting involved, and uh, particularly in sort of the folk Catholicism of Latin America. They do distinguish between the sort of entities that can help you, but they aren't necessarily as active like like Archangel Raphael as you pointed out, versus entities that are deeply, deeply involved and sort of come through constantly, like Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's go on to the next one, because we do have to cover some space here. Um, Let's see. The the next one that you had named was St. Dymphna.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, St. Dymphna, um, I'll tell you, having worked, me personally, worked in mental health and addictions for almost 30 years, and so... I saw a lot of saint Jimson around um a lot of um a lot of the nurses and a lot of the patients had her images or her prayer cards and um so she's a healing spirit that's fairly familiar to me um she um, is a Christian saint, I guess she's honored in you know the Catholic and Eastern orthodox tradition um, mm-hmm. but they say that she lived in the seventh century and was Murdered by her father um, mm-hmm. Her mentally unstable father Who became unnaturally Obsessed with her um, And she ran away from him But then he later Found her and killed her mm-hmm. um, So she um, Well After her tomb was found um, Many of those who visited The site were cured of anxiety Depression and obsessive thoughts And so she's honored, like, as the patron saint of the mentally ill runaways and survivors of incest and sexual assault. So, and and where she died was, um, I believe, in Geo Belgium. um, Mm -hmm. And some sources say she is also known as, like, a a demon slayer um, because she is known to conquer the demons of those with mental illness. And so her symbols are the crown, uh, the sword, the lily, and the lamp. And lots of times when you see images of her, she usually has those, um, usually hold, holding a lily or a sword and a lamp. Um, mm-hmm. So she, um, I really had good results with her too as far as um, just setting, um setting lights to her and um, honoring her and asking for help, um, you can do it just in a very simple way um, to aid any, you know, especially with obsessive thoughts, um, anything, you know, having to do with depression or severe anxiety. And she's known to help um, help anyone who asks. She's a, she's a very um, easy to approach, um, I would say. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, and um, so uh, let me say something about St. Dymphna. Also, I I would like to just say here, we're focusing on healing spirits that are used in the Catholic tradition, um, which many Hoodoo practitioners are Catholic, particularly in the states of Louisiana and Maryland. And please, this is not to be confused with Afro-Caribbean religions. Thank you. Um, I always have to say that. Um, so St. um has their holy cards of her and so forth. She has become very well known in the um, sexual abuse survivor community. She was known, and there have been shrines to her for hundreds of years, having to do with mental health and the fact that she was killed and um, buried in Belgium and so forth. But um, she has become known more recently now that I would say since the 90s when sexual abuse survivors have begun to talk about what they went through and those who are Catholic have sought her out. And she is um, an amazing comforter and counselor to those. Also, she is associated with the mentally ill. Now, this is a touchy subject because... um, Lumping those two together it almost carries the implication oh, well, if you're sexually abused, you'll become mentally ill, or if you're mentally ill, you were sexually abused. There's a difference between why she's associated with both. She herself was the victim of child sex abuse. But the reason she's associated with other mental illnesses, such as bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, is that a hospital was built at her grave site, and it was found that those who were mentally ill were often um, given remission or cures. They may not have been sexually abused. Nobody would have asked them that in the Middle Ages anyway. So um, these two things kind of went together, um, and there is an overlap. Uh, of course, but it's we're trying to make it clear that these are two separate things that she's associated with.
5: Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I knew that there were, like, um, spontaneous humans that were associated with that place in Belgium. I didn't know that there was a hospital built there.
2: Yeah, that's, yeah. That's
5: really interesting.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, is, um, in fact, it was the Belgian... The Belgian uh, monks or nuns or whoever, I mean, ran, probably both ran that hospital, who first brought it to the tension to bring mental cases there and that they could have relief. Um, the use of uh, prayers to her by those who were sexually abused really came in a little later I think because no one wanted to talk about this and she was often presented on her holy cards as simply an Irish saint and she's holding a bible and she's got a lily which means she died a virgin now this is one of those things that the catholic church does to women who were raped before death the church often will declare them to have died virgins. It's very common. And there's quite a number of these young women. And so it is not to say that um, St. Barbara is another one, I think. Um, It's not to say that she was not raped by her father. It's to say that the Catholic Church proclaimed her to have died a virgin in their wisdom and understanding of rape as being something that is, um, uh, what should I say, does not affect a person's spirit in the way that would make, you know, it's not just a physical thing, but there's a spiritual thing. And she um, presumably Mm -hmm. is said to have um, been pure. Now there's another thing she's associated with, and that is people with disabilities. And this is a whole other part of her story. And again, this isn't to say that people with schizophrenia, people with physical disabilities—they're not all the same. She was accompanied mm-hmm. when she fled from Ireland by a, a juggler, clown, or dwarf—probably all three. Um, oh, he was. I
5: remember. Uh, Saying something about that.
2: Yeah, and he was killed mm-hmm. trying to defend her. And so she's associated also, and he is, with, um, with the idea of uh, disabled people who may have been abused as uh, young, or in the case of this guy, um, you know, had a, uh, you know, bone length issues or whatever it might be, mobility issues, different things like that. And also he um, represented this uh, concept of loyalty to her that he fled with her. She was just a teenager when she was killed. Anyway, that's what I know about her.
5: Wow! Uh, wow! Yeah, she. Um, I mean, her, oh, and Heather. Her story Heather is...
2: in the. Uh, um, Heather says a kerchief on her head. Yes, that's correct. One of the things, besides the different things we mentioned, associated with her, mm-hmm. she always wears a little kerchief on her head. She's she dresses sort of as an Irish peasant would have, although she was a princess and the daughter of a king. Um, yeah. All right. Let's go to the next one. Um, who, is, who is our next um, one?
5: That would be uh, Matt Talbot.
2: Okay. Let's um, go to Matt Talbot.
5: Yeah, Matt Talbot. Um, well, in my experience, I think the best, for, yeah, what I've noticed is known for helping to break alcohol or drug dependence are Matt Talbot and St. Jude. And um, mm-hmm. the... Um, they call him the venerable Matt Talbot, which i I think means that he's not like an official thing, but he's venerated right there's
2: people. there's three stages you can first you're venerable, then you're beatified like dr jose he's beatified, and there then, then okay. you're canonized okay, so there you go, yeah. oh.
5: <laughs> thank you, yeah, no, so Matt mm-hmm. Talbot was uh, born to a poor family in Ireland, another Irish guy in 1856, and he died in 1925, so not too long after Dr. Jose, but he came from a family of heavy drinkers, and by his early teenage years, he was uh, well on his way to becoming a full-blown alcoholic. And um, so by the age of 28, um, when even the heavy drinkers would no longer drink with him, Matt took. He did the thing where he, he took the pledge, which means renounce drinking. And he, he was able, he was spiritually inspired, so he's able to stay sober for the following 40 years of his life. And, um, and he was known to lead a spiritual life and was said to be a very generous soul um, who sought to be of service to others. Um, and then after his death, he became... Um, well-known for helping um, when he's petitioned to help those that are in need of help with alcohol or addiction. So I would, you know, he's one that I would petition for help if you, if you yourself or somebody that you love is struggling or caught up with that, you know, that vicious cycle of uh, drug addiction or alcohol use. He's also a very, very approachable
2: Yes. you know now I was turned on to him um by uh, Deacon Millet.
4: Yeah, Deacon. Millett. And oh. um, Deacon
2: Millet has has um spoken very very highly of his work. People who are associated with um, Alcoholics Anonymous and um uh often who are Catholic often call on him. But he is, according to Deacon Millett, not restricting himself to helping Catholics. None of these spirits really are. Um, mm-hmm. And that's another thing we need to mention here. You don't need to be a Catholic to approach these spirits uh, nope. or even archangels. Um, and mm-hmm. so, um, but Matt Talbot um, was known for helping those who were in what we would call skid row or, you know, down and out type people. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, he's a good one. And, um, yeah, I've heard, um, I've seen a lot of people, you know, in recovery from, from alcohol and drugs. And he's a very popular um, saint um, that is, you know, petitioned or prayed to by people who are um, on the road to, you know, getting away from alcohol and drugs.
2: hmm yeah. Now, we have pages on some of these spirits at AIR, and mm-hmm. I don't have the ability to quickly look them up and type into the chat, but um, if somebody could, um, we have a page on Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez. If not at AIR, there's one at Lucky Mojo. I know for sure there's one at Lucky Mojo. Venerable Matt Talbot, there's a page at AIR, which is the Association of Independent Readers and Workers, for those who tuning in for the first time. And um, St. Jude, um, there's a a page on him at AIR and also St. Infna Mm -hmm. is at AIR and I think also at Lucky Mojo. So anybody who can come up with those URLs that would be helpful to people who read the chat later and want to do a little bit more research. So uh, now we come to St. Jude, right? Is he our next one?
5: Oh yes, St. Jude. Yes. um, St. Dude, I always think of him as as like the dark knight of the soul spirit um, because he, I guess he is considered an official saint, um, but he's also just widely known as the saint of lost causes, and Mm -hmm. um, I believe that um, in like in folk magic and hoodoo, I think he's considered one of the blessed souls of the dead who agrees to help the living, Um, Mm -hmm. so I know one of the things that's really important to know about um, St. Jude is that he is not Judas Isca- Iscariot, um, the one right. who betrayed Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think it's... He's what's on Judas, Judas
2: Thaddeus. 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 Yeah, or Thaddeus in English, oh,
5: yeah. Oh, right. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you, yeah. And um, so he is good to um, petition him also very approachable, whenever you feel um, desperate need, uh, if you feel like you're in an impossible situation, um, if you're journeying through like a dark night of the soul, um, or experiencing grave health issues, or uh, life-threatening situations, um, um, is a very wonderful thing, um, or blessed spirit to approach Um I often kind of equate him with uh, St. Jude with the hermit card in the tarot because I see hmm. him as um, the bringer of light to the darkness. Wow,
2: that's an and, interesting, uh, interesting connection. Yeah, I, always um, asso- I always associate him hmm. with St. Jude's Children's Hospital, which treats um, cancer patients who are children for free. And... Um, uh, Danny Thomas the comedian really kind of started that thing and just threw his life into it. He was a Lebanese Christian if I remember correctly. It, and yeah, um such a wonderful yeah. Yeah, he was a, he was he was a funny comedian but he really threw the uh, the majority of his fine everything went into that St. Jude's. And and um and it's a, a wonderful place. What I tell people if they work with Saint Jude, people always say, How should I thank the Saints? Well, uh, I can tell you if you want to if you want to thank Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez, contribute money that will buy medicines for the poor Um, particularly in Latin America, because that's where he was from. But it's not that important to him that it's Latin America, but it's a good thing. If you want to work with St. Dymphna, there is a shrine to St. Dymphna in the United States, and they can always use a donation or contribution or contribute to some mental health association. If you are working with St. Jude, no place better than to send your money than to St. Jude Children's Hospital.
5: Wow. As far as Venerable Matt
2: yeah. As yeah. far as Venerable Matt Talbot, um, um, Alcoholics Anonymous would be a good place to send any financial donation you want to give.
5: Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. It really is. Um, I think that um, I'm so glad that you said that because that it is really important to to thank you know whatever spirits are helping you and just to kind of like know the the best way to do that. Um, Mm-hmm. I've noticed, though, too, it's uh, it's kind of customary, and I've seen it a lot, although we don't, you know, a lot of people don't have, like, the paper newspapers delivered to them anymore, but um, a lot of people will publicly um, acknowledge and, and thank St. Jude for his help after mm-hmm. he's answered their prayers, you know, and so they'll mm-hmm. take out a newspaper. They used to be taking out a newspaper ad, but now you maybe see it more like on Statements made like on social media. Um, thinking, thinking you know, too. people
2: come to the Lucky Mojo forum and mm-hmm. um and post. You know, thank you, Saint mm-hmm. Expediti for helping me. Spre- and that's those. There are threads for most of those spirits and saints in the Lucky Measure Forum, and you are perfectly welcome to post your thread. They will then appear as active topics, and anyone coming to the forum, looking at the clicking the active topic button, will see that somebody put down a thank you to that saint. So it's a good way
5: to go. Oh, that's um, lovely.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and so. Uh, now let's go to um, our last one would be um, the Archangel Raphael. Is that correct? Is that who we're oh, yeah. who's next? Yes. Okay. Yes. First thing yes. I want to Raphael. say about the Archangel Raphael. First of all, Archangel Raphael is not Catholic by nature. Archangel Raphael probably was a um, Canaanite deity, but became a Jewish archangel and now is a Catholic saint. And I think also the Muslims have recognized Archangel Raphael. And so... Um, But when we talk about offerings and thank yous to those saints, you don't need to thank archangels because they never were people in the sense. that, and, And it's not customary to give an offering to an archangel. Just thank them with words and you're done. It's just something. So Archangel Raphael's <laughs> name means in Hebrew means the healer of El, El being one of the older names of the deity now now known as Jehovah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I, I hope to get a chuckle out of conjurment with that one. Um, <laughs> the, the deity formerly known as El.
3: Okay, um yes. anyway.
2: <laughs> right? Um but uh Raphael means the healer or doctor of God.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. and because he's an archangel he's, he's accessible to, to anybody um, no, you don't have to be Catholic I think a lot of folk saints are accessible sort of canonized saints can be a little tricky for people who are not Catholic uh, but angels are incredibly powerful and, and Raphael does come through in an in incredible healing Uh, practices, both in like healing and magic, but also in like things like, (laughs) hey, I have to go to surgery, can can someone please watch over me as I'm dealing with surgery? Uh, The archangel Raphael can can be that watcher there. Uh, I do want to throw one out there because we've talked a lot about sort of saints and saint-like figures. Uh, Your own Mm -hmm. ancestors are incredibly powerful healing spirits, uh, particularly if someone in your ancestral line was a healer, whether a traditional healer, a local folk healer, or a doctor or a nurse of some sort. But even if they're not, they can be incredibly powerful conduits of healing. So like if you're going through something difficult and maybe you don't feel comfortable reaching out to a folk saint or a saint, you can call on your ancestors and they can be the, the, the spiritual force that helps you to find the right doctors, to find the right treatment, to find the right medicine that eventually works for you.
2: That's a really that's very important too, especially if you have some problem that you need healing for that has a genetic component. Your ancestors may have some um, interesting help. Um, uh, and in the in the uh, chant, Clifford Lowe, hi Cliff, said, "I do a lot of work with archangels, and the best practice is to thank their boss for their intercession." <laughs> that was <laughs> well said, Clifford. And then. Um, Phyllis Margaret Gabor said, I came across a fun wish spell on the forum um, to thank the three um, archangels. And this spell, I'm just getting the, um, it's called Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, the three-day wishing spell. And um, it's been on our forum since 2009. People still use it. And when you Use it, and I first saw this in um in newspapers, and so I was so pleased that someone transferred it over to um the idea of you know putting it on the internet. That was such a surprise to me, and so welcome and it is um still being used. People are still posting there I'll post the link in the chat if you want to do it, but you have to make three wishes. And it's just um an adorable spell to so three of the archangels and I always wonder why Uriel got left out. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but you're supposed yeah. to you're you're <laughs> supposed to um uh do your three wishes for um three things that that you want. And um, and one of them is is called the impossible spell. That's always a fun thing. So anyway, um, um, it's.
5: You um, know. Go go ahead. Sorry. No, I just um, I think with um, um, Raphael isn't well. You know, there's different sources say different things and about um the archangels and depending on you know what uh culture or religion but I think the the archangels seem fairly universal, um, maybe more so than some of the uh saints or um other venerated uh persons. But um I first I was looking at um says that Archangel Raphael was considered the head of the guardian angels, and that he first appeared in the book of Enoch as one of the watchers and a guide to the underworld, Um, and that he was um, Solomon how to find demons, and that he was also charged with healing the earth and is associated with spring and rebirth.
2: That's very nice. That's true. I I definitely... Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with that. I located the original spell of the three wishing days as it was found in two thousand and nine and the older folks among us will have a laugh. It says, publish this spell on the third day after you requested the wishes by mailing it to another person, posting it to a Usenet news group <laughs> or announcing your thanks to or announcing your thanks to the Saints in a newspaper classified ad. <laughs>
5: Boy, that's an old version of that one. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Think about how much has changed over the last decade or two.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Use that groups. Okay. So um, another idea for healing spirits I, is going to go, I'm going in a little left field here. Many people know that cat purring is healing. It's a healing vibration. Cats purr ah. to heal themselves and they sit on the chests of people who are ill and purr. Y'all know this, right? Everybody know this? <laughs> so um, this if, you, if you had a cat who's deceased, call upon that cat spirit to purr for you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, there's our music.
3: So all right, the we out. Now... Go
1: ahead. <laughs> Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contra practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call one 888 4 hoodoo or visit Hoodoo Psychics. and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Tonight we have a write-in client whose situation situation will read and take his readings and root work advice without him on the air today. Our client is Chris, uh, writing in from Georgia, uh, USA. He has not had a reading on this situation previously, and he writes, I've been in the professional business world for almost 30 years and have studied management, leadership, and development extensively. I'm contemplating leaving the corporate world and starting a leadership and personal development coaching business. Will this business be successful, and is there anything I can, I particularly need to watch out for? Turning it over to
2: you, Ms. Kat. Now, what did I tell you, folks? Didn't I tell you? <laughs> mm. Yes, I told you, it's going yes. to be about changing careers. It's been about <laughs> changing careers. Everything's, every, everything entered Aquarius and everybody's changing careers, shuffling <laughs> the deck, as it were. Um, well, conjurman was very silent through most of our um, our uh, spirit healing section, and I felt bad for, like, he didn't get to talk a lot. So how about, conjurman if you do the first reading, okay?
4: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, since this is a in we don't have uh, their zodiac sign, right?
2: No, let's just pretend they're an aquarius. Okay. No, just joking, just joking. <laughs> actually he is an
1: Aquarius. Um, that, that was it. I don't
2: know.
1: <laughs> Wait, did you say he actually is an Aquarius? Yes, he is an no,
2: Aquarius. No, that was it. he is. Oh an aquarius? that is two ah. Yes, he did oh, with oh, that. God. That is synchronicity.
4: synchronicity. Oh wow. Hey,
2: hey, am I a psychic? Gosh, that yeah. is so
4: good. I love that. I love that. Yes. Well, uh, it's a very fitting question, uh, Chris. Hopefully, you can hear the sound of my voice. Uh, the pileup in Aquarius is happening, as Miss Catletley pointed out. People are asking about shuffling the deck, uh, and so I have actually shuffled the deck, and we've pulled a few cards here uh, and seen, and we're trying to take a look and see what the future sort of holds for you in regards to this. Uh, so the first card that we have is the Two of Pentacles, and the Two of Pentacles shows us an individual juggling two coins that they're bound together, and they're sort of standing on one foot. This is a person who is indecisive, a person who is sort of thinking about things, weighing their options, uh, who's worried about the choices that they make. This is also a state of instability. It's a state where so long as you remain uncertain, you don't have both feet planted on the ground, and that the options that are being weighed before you don't necessarily bring you the joy that you hope for because they're sort of going up and down, up and down. There's good here, there's bad here. I could get this, but it could also cost me this. There's this problem. And so the Two of Pentacles is a state of uncertainty. And whenever this card comes up for me, I always tell clients to take some time to do some clarity work, not just to get a reading, but actual clarity work to decide what it is they want. Because whenever, I, whenever people are thinking about things like making big life changes, I want them to get to the essence of what it is that they desire. Are they looking for more financial stability? Are they looking to make more money? Are they looking to actually move? The job is sort of secondary to their desire to be in a particular geographic region. So, so for me, when I see the Two of Pentacles, I always say clarity work is needed because once you do that, then both feet can be firmly planted on the ground, and then that can help you to move forward in a way that is good for you as uh, an individual. The next card that we have is the Knight of Cups, and the Knight of Cups is a person who is transitioning, who is leaving something difficult, in this case a desert and arriving at an oasis. It's a knight, a stalwart knight riding a steady steed, and they have a goblet in their hand that they have carried with them faithfully, through the difficult times, through the hard times, and by being faithful, by being steady, by being patient, they are now, now coming to their destination and getting to the oasis that will refresh them and refill them and replenish their life. This transition may take some time. It may require a leap of faith. It may require a steady move forward. But it will happen, and it will happen maybe a little slower than you expect it. But be faithful, because this is not a knight that's rushing headlong into the into the future. It's like yes, here I am. No, this is a knight that is walking steadily. That's got a very clear vision of what they want. Once that clarity is achieved, they know what they want, and they walk steadily, unerringly towards that destination. No matter how difficult the terrain is around them, they know that the future lies just ahead of them. So this is a good card, an omen that says that once clarity is done, so maybe uh, Miss Kat, who's going to give you some root work, can do some bathing work around clarity, can give you some insight along those lines, because I think that will help any sort of water work, any sort of cleansing work, any sort of purification to bring cleanse clarity will then help to release really steady your, your, your step, and then lead you towards the final outcome. The Knight of Pentacles does tell me that this may take several months, so you'll probably see things move along the end of summer, perhaps around the August or September Time period. The good news is that it does lead to something fantastic, and that is the world card. The world is the final. That's the future. It shows us a person who, after their hard work and perseverance, has achieved their goal. The world card is often associated with things like academic success. It shows us a person who is successful. It shows us a person who is victorious, who is surrounded by allies, allies that recognize the success that they have achieved here. So it is a good card. It tells us that in the long run, while this transition may start off unsteady, that the decision may start off unsteady and that there may be a lack of clarity, that once work is put in, what effort is put in, through that Knight of Cups, and you unerringly move towards your destination, even if the transition is a little bit slow, that the end result is one of victory, being surrounded by allies who recognize the victory and the success that will bring you both material success and spiritual and emotional satisfaction. So overall, the cards here are indicating motion. They're indicating transition. They're indicating the shuffling of the deck, as this cat called it. And it indicates that it is going to be good for you in the long run. That's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Deborah, who's going to do the next reading, and then Miss Kat will give you some group work advice.
5: Thanks, Kendra. <clears throat> so I pulled some cards while, while you were talking. And um, for Chris, as far as the coaching development business. And so uh, the first card I pulled was the Page of Wands. And um, so what appears to be good news or a good choice is coming um, and coming into manifestation. Um, This new opportunity uh, presents as the page is like staring upward and studying like the green shoot sprouting off of the wand. And so that's um, a really positive um, sign. It's representing growth and change. However the next card I pulled was the moon. And the moon, um, sometimes it can represent like the card of illusion or deception, or I'm seeing it more as something that's hidden. Um, and so I think it's really um, a good thing that Conjurman that, um, that you know, mentioned doing some clarity work because there's something that you're not quite seeing all the way. Um, things might not be exactly as they seem it can also maybe represent some fear, um, but this card can also, you know, represent cycles and listening to your inner voice. And so I'm seeing that what I'm sensing is that there's something hidden that needs to be clarified as you move forward. Um, so what the next card though is, um, there's yeah, the next card is the Seven of Swords, and um, this um, definitely indicates that there. There could be some possible deception behind the scenes, and so make sure that you um, clarify and truly research um, each um, choice as you move forward, because um, this could um, indicate indicate that um, somebody might not be totally upfront with you, or might be trying to gain. Um, more than they should be getting in this situation. And so so I would just make sure that you clarify and and really research your decisions before you move forward because the next card that I see, though, for kind of the outcome card is strength. And strength is a very positive card, but this is telling me that the outcome shows that you have um, been having to go through some challenges and a process um, for ultimately um, coming into like your inner strength and fortitude where um, you absolutely have brought that to the forefront um and so some of this might have to do with um getting to uh, realize what your inner challenges are, but then there's also like some outer things that should be clarified and uh, researched a little further before. You move on and make um, any of the bigger decisions, but the card is an outcome. Card is a wonderful, a wonderful thing. <laughs> it's showing that you have met the challenges. Um, so it's just like a heads up from the universe telling you to pay attention. Um, to the... That's all I got.
2: All right. Well, it's interesting. These two uh, readings were very interestingly similar. Um, I have my own names for some of the cards, and Countryman got the Knight of Cups, which I call the Seeker Knight, and Deborah mm. got the Page of Wands, which I call the Seeker Page. Um, oh, interesting! Yeah, so yeah. it's they're both seekers, and so that's a, that's very interesting. So what we have here um, is a. First of all, both cards contain, both card readings, I should say, contain warnings. The moon and the other one was the two of pentacles, and they are both about distinct choices. And one, we have a guy weighing these two coins, and there's ships going up and down and back and forth, and he's unsteady, and the moon, we have a dog and a wolf, right? And um, there's a path forward, but there's just a lot going on. And there's also an eclipse in that card. And Conjurman said, this is going to take months. I'm going to say that you will not be able to move forward until after the eclipse in April is how I would interpret that combination of images. But that's just me. So let's talk about what should be done. I'm a very practical person who thinks that if you want to embark on a new career choice, don't wrap your old one up first, don't quit, but start all of the um, planning, when I was young, they used to talk about the end of the dinosaurs and the and the little mammals that ran around, um, you know, in the dinosaur nests, and they were the survivors when all the dinosaurs died. Um, you, you need that little mammal that's running around in that big corporate job, um, gathering little grains and making a little nest, so that when the big corporate job falls apart um, and you quit it, you still have that little nest egg. So to speak. So um, I'm going to say that I'd like you to start with naming your company. You have this idea for a leadership and and um, and you know a helping company. Um, give it a name. Um, commit to that name. Get a logo designed. If you're not an artist yourself, get the URL for the website. In doing that, look at all the variations of that name and seeing if you're going to be competing with someone who already has that name. And at that point, you haven't yet made a business card. You haven't yet got the the URL. So do your due diligence. Get that all set up first. Once you have the website and the name and the logo, put them online, get a business card. Now you've started your work. And this is where you've actually chosen what you're going to do. And then, once you've got that, I'd like you to make a little uh, altar and put the things out that represent you. If you want to get a trademark, you need to have produced five things. You don't really have to produce five. You don't need to make a T-shirt, but you could. But I want you to make some things. What are you going to be making? Are you going to be making a booklet that you sell or give it away? Will it be a digital file? If it is, print it out and make a printed copy as well. Um, Is it going to be... um, uh, tapes, is it going to be a YouTube channel whatever it is you're going to start just start it and use the name of that company and just do it when you've got something that you can lay on the altar I want you to put it on the altar and then I want you to prepare yourself with a bath for clarity because we, we still know there's some difficulty here in fact you might want to bathe with a clarity bath the whole time you're getting all of your bits and pieces and bits and bobs together so use some Clarity uh, bath crystals or you can use some Clarity oil in a bath. And um, you can use, if you want to like use herbs, you might want to use eye Bright, which is an herb that strengthens your eyes and your inner eyes as well. And um, any herb that has to do with the kind of work you're doing. You were kind of vague about it. Leadership, well, that could be. Any kind of, you know, John the Conqueror. It could be anything. But I would like you to make yourself an herb at bath or just buy one of the herb baths we make at Lucky Mojo and or that anyone makes for clarity and then also one for strength. You need two baths. And um, when you've done that, we're going to use some candles because there were candles and we had the cups and then that was the bath. And then the next thing is you're going to uh, come out of the bath and you're going to light some candles for your progress. Now, we have the uh, the idea of this page of wands carrying this candle forward. So light a candle. Have all of those symbols of your of your new business around the business card and the logo and all of that on the altar. Make it very pretty. Take a photo of it to memorialize what you're doing. Light the candle and publish it. Publish the picture. And that's to declare your territory now, it's yours. Now, uh, you still may be employed at that corporate job, but now you've declared yourself, and now you can start working and moving forward. And um, as I said, I think there are going to be people who will lie to you, and I think that um, both uh, Conjurman and Deborah mentioned this. Be very cautious asking for investments of money. Be very cautious investing money. If somebody says to you, I'll make you a website for a bunch of money, be cautious, I think someone's going to try to take advantage of you. So this is a warning. Um, You don't need to have super fancy everything. You don't need all the bells and whistles. You just need a social media presence. You need uh, paper presence, um, business cards, and you need a spiritual presence. But watch out. So to protect yourself and protect your money, you might add a little alkanet your altar. That protects your money from being taken by unfair advantage. And um, you could burn a candle for your uh, crown of success, but just add a little bit of alkanet to the the candle as you burn it. I think that's about my my ideas of um, what I think should be done. Do either of you have something to add? Do you, Deb?
5: No, I thought um, I love the idea of taking a photo of um, of the uh, setup for the spell um, and just kind of capturing that, like it's marking the beginning of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, I like that. I like that thought a lot.
2: <laughs> and like I said, I would not inaugurate this until after the eclipse in April. I'm very mm-hmm. sincere about that. Just wait. Uh, get, get all your ducks in a row. What about mm-hmm. you, Countryman? Do you have anything to add?
4: I do. I think uh, the idea of waiting a little bit here before you inaugurate this work is is a really, really good idea. Um, I think I'm getting a very strong indication that some type of lucky talisman is encouraged here to sort of just increase your luck Uh, along this journey because there's going to be some bumps along the road and there's going to be some false starts. And the environment may seem hostile initially to this transition that you're going through, even though the outcome is very good. So I think getting yourself a lucky coin or something like a mercury dime even a lucky mm-hmm. rabbit's foot, any type of lucky object that you then smoke and some good luck incense that you then carry on your persons, just as sort of like an increased luck charm um, is going to be good here. So it's slightly more generic rather than a directed form of conjure or root work. But it's about really increasing the overall blessed and luck condition that you're in so that you can deal with things that sort of just pop out. Because the the, the indication we get is that the initial environment is going to be a little bit hostile and the initial environment may not be exactly good. And I think a lucky charm can help you navigate that.
2: Yeah. And beware of fraud. Um, Don't fall for it. Okay? All right. Well, there's our music. I I wish you all the luck in the world. Let us know what you do. We'd love to know about it, Chris. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up is the tritone of the singing nuns.
0: (laughs) LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Sundays 3 to 4:30 Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James Mondays 4 to 5:30 The Crystal Silence League Hour with John Saint Germain in syndication Tuesdays The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Miss Phoenix LaFay in syndication Tuesdays. The Now You Know Show with Professor Porterfield in syndication, Wednesdays. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voith, Thursdays, 4 to 5. All time specific, at 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
1: Some quick announcements about those upcoming shows on the LMC Radio Network. Monday, February 19th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places will be myself, Reverend Art, Brother Christopher, and Miss Cole, and we will be reading on our Reading Palooza number three. And Tuesday, February 20th on the Crystal Silence League in syndication will be the topic of the Astral Power Part Five. And Tuesday, February 20th on The Witch, the Priestess in the Cauldron in syndication with Miss Elvira and Phoenix Lefay, will be the topic of Oathbreakers. And Wednesday, February 21st on The Now You Know show in syndication with Professor Porterfield will be the topic of Psalms Against Treachery and Saint And
3: Thursday,
1: February 22nd at 4 p.m. Pacific, 17 Eastern Time, The Witch, the Priestess in the Cauldron with Miss Elvira and Deborah Boyle will be the topic of developing and deepening psychic and intuitive abilities. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Deborah Voice of BewitchingB.com in Wisconsin. Take it away, Deborah.
5: All right. Okay, so what I have is a healing spirit spell. And um, this can be done anytime you or a loved one is in need of healing, protection during medical procedures, clear communication, and insight regarding um, healing and the options available. So I like to do this over um, a three-day period of time to build the power each day, but it can be done in one day if, it, you know, if urgency is high and time is limited. Um, but for most any spell, but especially with a healing spell, you'll want to do a spiritual cleansing bath first. But for the spell itself, you will need one small white candle four small blue or purple candles, a tray, plate, or other appropriate item to burn the candles on, small piece of paper, um, healing or blessing oil, and healing or blessing incense, a small mojo bag or strip of cloth that can be tied into a mojo, and then the following herbs, angelica root, bone set, lemon balm, plantain, and self-heal, also known as all-heal. And optionally, you can um, also add, if you're able to, um, a guardian angel or uh, archangel Raphael medal that you can put in the bag or just um, pin it to the outside of the bag later on. So to begin, after you have gathered your supplies, light a bit of the incense to burn while you put things together. And then on a small piece of paper, write your name or the names of the person that the healing ritual is being done for. And then write a petition around their name, such as um, uh, name is surrounded now with light. And then on the other side of the paper, write out, or you can have it printed, Psalm 91, um, section 3 through 4. And that's, um, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings Thou trust; this shall be thy shield and buckler. Um, and then anoint the four corners and the center of the paper with the oil. And then fold it once towards you, so that the name that you wrote is inside of the folded. Then etch the name of the person that you're seeking the healing for on the on the white candle. And then on the blue or purple candles, candles that represent the four archangels of the four directions. Um, Dress all of the candles with the oil and place the name paper beneath the white candle and position the four blue or purple candles around the white candle, placing one to the north, to the south, one to the east, and one to the west. And then combine and mix your herbs and sprinkle them between each of the uh, blue or purple candles, connecting the four outer candles with the herbs forming the circle around the white center candle. But then, when you do the ritual, light the candles. As you light the candle to the east, say, Raphael the healer, heal the spiritual root of this illness. you light the south, say, Michael the warrior, cut away all unhealthy influences with your flaming sword. As you light the west, say, Gabriel the messenger, bring clarity of communication regarding this illness. And as you light the north, say, Uriel the alchemist, transform this physical body onto the path of healing. As you light the center candle, say, in the divine highest names, I call upon the angels and Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez to heal the body, mind, and soul of, and say, the person's person's name, surrounded in healing light. Then sit or stand in a comfortable position facing east. Relax, gaze at the candle flames as you sense healing energy filling up the entire room. Then breathe deeply and focus on that center candle flame. Another deep breath and speak. This healing energy, which is also flowing through you, is now flowing out through your eyes and into the center. Facing east, call upon Doctor Jose Gregorio and the arcane of the four directions by holding your arms out, palms upward, as you recite: Michael to the left, uh, my, sorry, Michael to the right of me, Uriel at my left. Raphael in front of me, Gabriel guards my back. Surround, say the name of the person, in your healing light as Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez heals this body and soul. And I just want to note that you can invite any other healing spirit to this ritual depending on what specific healing is needed. I usually call upon Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez for physical healing or diagnosis or, or St. Dimphna for mental emotional distress. Um, Or you might also call on Matt Talbot, the eight persons struggling with alcohol, drug addiction. And so as the candles burn, I recite Psalm 91, Section 3 and 4 um, that we mentioned before. And then take your time and gaze into the candle flames and allow yourself to feel that healing energy intensifying and growing stronger. When you are done, snuff the candles out. And then on the second date, Burn the incense, light the candles, and face facing east. The same actions and words that you did the first day, and then you snuff the candles out. And then on the third day, burn the incense, light the candles, face east, and repeat the same actions again. Only this time, allow the candles to finish burning all the way down. Then take the herbs, a little bit of the melted wax, and the name paper, and if you have a metal, in the metal, and place them on top of the paper. On which you've written all a part of Psalm 91. Um, after that, fold it up and put it into your mojo bag or cloth. Um, and then you can dispose of any other items at the crossroads. Toss um, east um, to draw healing to the person and toss west to send illness away. And always remember to thank the spirits. <laughs> and that's it. <coughs> that.
3: Wow,
2: that was, that was very, very, cool. very thorough. We're going to have to teach you to talk fast like Reverend James yes, does. Yes, I know, I know. I'm sorry. All right. That's okay. We're going to turn this over to Reverend James, and now we're going to listen to him talk fast. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Cat and Contra Man,
1: and thank you, Deborah Void of BewitchingBee.com in Wisconsin for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when we will have yours truly of folkcontra.com in Western North Carolina bringing the topic of unusual figural candles. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find this Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Contra Man at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from FolkContra.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz.
2: Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Reverend James. And now we do have at least one or two verses. We can thank Deb for that fantastic spell. That was yeah. really good. Thank it was you. Really good. <laughs> oh, thank uh, re- you. <laughs> <laughs> I really could have fell. um And um, I don't have much more to add. Um, if you um, want to become a patron of mine, please go to Patreon.com and look me up, Catherine Ironwood, and send me a couple of bucks, and I'll make a bunch more free web pages for you. Well, then we come to Deb. Do you have any news you want to tell us quick about what you have upcoming?
5: Oh, just, um, yes, this week, um, Thursday, we are doing, Alvira uh, and I are doing a show on um, psychic and intuitive development.
2: Okay. Oh, that so that's fun. going to be on the Wish the Priestess in the Cauldron.
4: <laughs> All yes. right. Okay.
2: And what about you, Contraman? In 15 seconds.
4: <laughs> no <laughs> updates, but everyone have a fantastic week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. All right, everybody. Good night.
1: (laughs) Bye-bye. Good night.